Hello, bienvenue and welcome to Oblivious Book Review, the podcast where we speak about our recent readings and a lot of other things. Today, your hosts are Sander and Elio. And today we are going to speak about Let My People Go Surfing by Yvonne Chouina. Hello everyone, welcome for this new episode of uh, Oblivious Book Review. Hello, good morning. It has Hi. been a quite long time. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we had you a little break in between. A little voice <laughs> yes. on the mic. So we have another guest speaker today. Yes, we uh, invited an, uh, a new uh, person of, uh, for, to speak today and her name is Verona uh, Schumann. And... Uh, She uh, has a book to present for us, and actually she's a student at the moment studying culture and economics in Germany, and at the moment she does a little internship at a company called Waude, if I pronounce it correctly. Uh, Almost. Almost? (laughs) Very very close. close. How would you pronounce it in German? The the German version would be Waude. But I know that the English version is Baudi, so yeah. I didn't really hear Baudi. a difference, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing alike. Yeah. But yeah, you mentioned that it's quite a big thing around this company name, that uh, even Germans tend to pronounce it wrong. Exactly, that's a huge marketing problem for our <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, some call it, uh, because it's written like very differently than how you would pronounce it in German. So many would call it Waude or or Wood because they think it's French, because it's written like with a V-A-U-D-E. So yeah, many people don't know that it's actually a a German-based company. Um, And what does it do? Yeah, good question. (laughs) <laughs> What is Baudi, except, um, apart from uh, how to pronounce name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's an outdoor sports company. So basically they produce a lot of apparel stuff. Um, so jackets, um, trousers, rain jackets, everything in this area. But also um, backpacks and a little bit of hardware equipment, such as bike bags and stuff like that. And then there's also like a side branch, um, which still belongs to the founder, um, which is also a climbing equipment uh, manufacturer. And yeah, they basically do a lot of climbing shoes, climbing belts, ropes and stuff like that. Climbing and belts? His, yeah. Do you, do you, uh, like uh, like, like the, a heart, you know, like on the... The thing if that you, you have you, around you when you're climbing, this kind of like a baby, uh, baby thing that uh, holds you on your your crush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There okay. are things like that, but the modern versions would be only like around your hip. So really, sorry for not being modern. I'm sorry <laughs> for trying my best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and his daughter, will, uh, like the. I wonder if this will count our first um, commercial uh, spot since you are describing <laughs> yeah. this uh, <laughs> company there for free. So that's free advertisement. You're even yeah. telling the people how to write for the 
uh, or correctly pronounce the name of the company. <laughs> But, yeah. uh, you mentioned before the, when we started this recording, uh, the mm -hmm. Baudet is actually has a meaning behind it, right? The name itself. Or yeah, yeah. I mean the the letters or the initials where it comes from, like the acronym. It's an acronym. Um, how how you call it, right? Um, it's from the name of the founder. So the founder is called Albrecht von David. <laughs> Which is obviously <laughs> from South America. <laughs> uh, nope. <laughs> it's a very, I think he's even from the northern parts of Germany and they moved to the south of Germany near Lake Constance and near the Alps, basically, near mm -hmm. the mountains. And yeah, uh, so his his the first letters of his last name would be vd and mm. the pronunciation in german of these um, letters stringed together would be about faudi yeah. yeah exactly okay. and now it's his daughter who um who has who's the owner of the company and she's called antje von davids and also quite famous here in germany as a i don't know Hashtag woman in uh, leading positions of companies, hmm. hashtag family owned business, hashtag sustainable businesses, and so on. So, and on. I think really. she will suit very well in Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> yeah. Because so, I love hashtags in Sweden, right? <laughs> That's why you say that. That's obviously why you say this. <laughs> <laughs> But so the reason yeah. why you are speaking about this uh, company is not just to um, push people to buy some uh, <laughs> some climbing belts. <laughs> it's because it's related to the book you want to speak about today. Exactly. And the book is called Patagonia from Yvon Chouinard. That's the way how you pronounce his name. He's from the French part of Canada, but moved to the USA and founded the company Patagonia Incorporated. And um, yeah, which is also an outdoor apparel company, but has its origins in a climbing equipment manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One yeah. thing that is interesting about Patagonia, I started hearing about it, I think exactly around a year ago. So maybe I'm quite late because I'm not a climber <laughs> myself. Climbing is something I tried every six months to just remind myself that I'm afraid of heights. Yeah. So every six months I remember I am. <laughs> like for the for the listeners, uh, Elio and I uh, tried once uh, a climbing uh, trial here in uh, Casta. Do you remember still? Like we went. Yes, I do. The, I was very excited to climb, but Elio, <laughs> after one time, he just left me alone because he, he was fed up of it. And, uh, it's not fed up. It's like the problem is when you're scared and when climbing, you put so much energy in pulling your body towards the the, the barrier. I don't know what you say towards the the wall. Yeah. And so, like after climbing twice, like your arms are just out of juice. You have nothing left. <laughs> but that's the problem. You shouldn't like push yourself to the to the wall because then you lose so much energy but so yeah. the people as that long as you're climbing upwards you're you're i mean that you're scared of hate doesn't make a like as long as you go upwards you don't look downwards so it's okay but as soon as you're <laughs> up there and you have to go down, down. that's a problem right press so. x doubt <laughs> <laughs> 
sometimes you hear the person that is like holding you and maybe trying to cheer you up and you hear that every time you climb up the voice is further and further <laughs> so that's sure. how i can estimate distance even without looking like okay now i think i'm a deadly height now <laughs> yeah true might come from the fact that one of the first time I went climbing, uh, there was of, of course this kind of guy that is uh, assuring you, you know, and mm. they like to um, scare you a bit. So when you're going down, they, like, whoosh, they let you oh, go yeah, yeah, yeah. very long. And so a guy did that to someone else, and the guy well, fell on the ground and like uh, was hurt in his um, in the back of his foot. So he was like couldn't climb. He was he was hurt, and. Uh, that was one of my first climbing experience, like seeing this guy right next to me, be like, just boom. Like, so you, oh. have a, you have a trauma. <laughs> exactly, trauma. that's my excuse. I have this trauma that nobody can verify if it's true <laughs> or if I'm just afraid of it. Just like maybe this. Maybe also faith issue, you don't trust others. <laughs> Should we focus no. on the faith instead of my faith issues? Bring us a whole different podcast. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I didn't come here to have a, a psych, uh, psychologist taking care of me. <laughs> this I do on Tuesdays. interesting, I think, yeah. yeah. So. But actually, I have to correct myself. The book is called Let My People Go Surfing. Patagonia, mm. Let My People Go Surfing from Yvonne Juina. So, okay. Surfing yeah. would be much more my field then, rather than climbing. Because if you fall in the water, <laughs> water is nice. You know, the water carries you up. It can help you a bit in a, in, a, in a wave, but that's about it. Yeah, but, true. Uh, uh, what does, uh, to go back on the book, what does yeah. uh, that subtitle mean for the, for the book? Let, let my people surfing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's kind of a slogan he always refers to do, uh, in the book because um, one of his ideas or one of his ideologies, he kind of, he wanted to create a new style of business um, where his team and his workers are comfortable in a way that they are free to choose when to work. So flex time oh. working conditions. So he says, whenever there's a good swell, whenever there's good weather outside, I should kind of give my people the opportunity to go outside and to surf and to go into the mountains rather than sitting in the office and doing just to sit at the at the desk and doing nothing just because you have to fill these eight hours of work every day so mm -hmm. he says he also kind of um, employs people I think one of one quote of the book is that he wants people who have this spirit and this passion of which goes beyond themselves so it's not only about work but it's people who who, who are outdoor persons from their mm. heart um, mm. Yeah, so that's what Fashion. the title may be about. Let my people go surfing. Give them mm -hmm. the opportunity to to make kind of work, work, family and uh, your life basically to blur the boundaries and yeah, make it possible to, yeah, to, I don't know, to live and work at the same time. So it's not two separate things. So, so basically, what I understand is, uh, it's not indeed not like um, that work and uh, li private life is like blending together, like that your uh, yeah. colleagues become kind of your I don't know friends maybe or friends, family. Yeah, he says that husband, brothers, yeah. <laughs> in laws. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So and mm. why and why did you read this book in particular then? I mean, um, I actually always wanted to read that book because I'm an outdoor person myself, and I know the company. I love their I love their stuff. I, yeah, but uh, I never really managed to start reading it. I don't know why. But then I started working for Faudi, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people there call this book. The Bible. And from that <laughs> point on, that I had to mm. read it. <laughs> Otherwise, I will, I don't know, understand the I- ideology of the company I'm working for right now. So, yeah. Interesting choice of word, ideology. Mm. Ideology. Why? Isn't it uh, like philosophy, ideology, I don't know, values, kind of? I try mm-hmm. to put that into the word of ideology, but yeah. True, maybe ideology has kind of this negative connotation. Yeah. yeah. Right. But 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 why is this uh, why is this called in Vaude the Bible? Uh, because Vaude really leans to to the ideas of Patagonia. So I would go as far and say that Faudi kind of is the German version of Patagonia. Boom. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, because the ideas are very much the same. So even in practice, you see, for example, what Patagonia um, implemented or created in the early, I think it was in the 1970s, and Faudi started maybe slightly later in the 1980s. Um, for example, we have um, we have this free working hours where we can decide when when to come, when to go. It's just it's based on trust. So you have to kind of do your 40 hours per week, but you can decide on your own how when you want to do more hours or when you want to do less. Uh, as long as you do your work and as long as you do your work good and yeah as long as like yeah the results are there or yeah and also like Faudi has a child care center that's also what, what Patagonia a child care center oh child care okay so, yeah. child like, care. so they're selling like children's kinder, yeah. kinder, kinder, <laughs> kindergarten kindergarten yeah. how we say in German yeah. um so that parents could bring their children and have like lunch with their children because it's so close by. And I mean, a problem of Faudi is also that it's based on the countryside. So there's nothing, no infrastructure around it. It's just this 500 persons company in the middle of a village where, where there is nothing around. So it was really important for them to to create this child care facility because otherwise parents would have to drive them to the next mm. town which so, is like so 40 I, kilometers far away okay so if i understand the uh, for day because they are located in a very remote area of germany i would say close to the alps yeah. They, yeah. they want to maybe attract employees by offering these type of, uh, yeah, I would say, secondary services like uh, kindergarten or uh, very, very favorable working, flexible yeah. working methods of ways, which is maybe not very common in Germany. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
what they do is that they make work possible for people who may not work if if it's if there would be other conditions for example mothers mm. um as soon as yeah i mean there are a lot of mothers who as soon as they get children they have to quit work and it's so hard for them to go back but Fodi tries to make it especially easy by having this childcare facility, by offering like flex time hours and home office and all of that stuff. Mm. So a lot of mothers, a lot of women wouldn't work if there weren't these conditions that Fodi offers or Patagonia offers. And, that's, <laughs> and, and these ideas, they are, I mean, comes from the kind of the example of uh, Patagonia or how uh, what what type of ideas do does that guy what's his name again I've got the Vodi Vodi no no Yvon the Patagonia guy Yvon Yvon what was his what was his main ideas what he tries to carry out in his uh, book his main ideas um, hmm. I mean his main idea is kind of to innovate the way business was made and kind of creating a new way of business where it's not all about profits, but also about the people who are working in that company and also like the, the subcontractors, the suppliers. And I mean, of course, uh, business has to be profitable in order to, to survive, mm. right? But Usually it has to, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So There's an exception. <laughs> you have an exception in mind? Yeah, the one very big uh, example so far, Spotify. It, they they not, never made any profit so far they started. Yeah, I heard things like this. Uh, some companies are like this that haven't made any profit, but they have such a potential that yeah. if someone were to buy them, they value a lot of money still. People still believe in that they have a potential to make profit, so they are willing to give money to them. <laughs> they <Yeah>. will. <laughs> I mean, uh, if people still be keep the believe in it, then mm -hmm. there's still a chance they will make it. Right. Mm -hmm. That must be a lot like this in Patagonia and uh, Baudi. Then it's uh, people's belief and making uh, <laughs> making yeah. it better for the people. Yeah. Because. With everything you've been saying before, mm. you speak about uh, kind of corporate responsibility, these kind yeah. of uh, modern employers, I will call them. And I yeah. think in this uh, discussion here, I'm going to play the devil's advocate with great pleasure. <laughs> because okay. I've heard a lot recently actually about this kind of uh, CSR company. Oh. So it sounds very great when you, we speak, when you speak about it, when you present them as um, not profit-orientated, more people-orientated, you have a lot of um, freedom as a worker there. But when I have a few problems with that. Uh, you say, for example, it's so great, mother can work. Okay. So what they present as, uh, I'm playing the devil's advocate right now, but what they present as a social advance is just a way to go grab some of the working force that you couldn't grab before because the working mother, they were out of work for some time. But now, look, even the mother, while uh, they just had a child, you have to, lace, to wait less long to, make, to put them to work again. Hey, get them to work again. You know, that's yeah. ultra capitalistic when you look at it that way. It's like try mm -hmm. to make everything you can uh, a worker part of the system. But isn't it like mothers, they have a free choice, right? They can decide whether they want to work or not. 
I would say. I mean, this is also a very philosophical question. Is there something as a and free will or are mothers just uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. kind of pressured to work because they have to, to, to make money to survive, to, to buy food, to buy mm -hmm. stuff and so on. So kind of, uh, yeah, the public or the society pushes you to work and also to kind of uh, care for everything if you can't work anymore because you're too old, you have to care for that. You have to to make to put some money to the side to mm -hmm. kind of care for your future, right? You but need money to live. Clearly, like uh, there is no life without money. I wonder how people did before money. Yeah, they didn't live uh, very long. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the trade. Well, you say barter or something? Is that in English? Like they trade um, fish for apples, or I don't know that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, we say yeah. troc in French when you yeah. exchange uh, a good for another good. Yeah. But then it's like the the kind of the basic thing is apples. Like you exchange some things mm -hmm. for apples, but it's a bit hard to know. Like if you want to contact a lawyer, for example, like how many apples do you have to give to your lawyer? And maybe he doesn't want so many apples. <laughs> well, maybe he does. He doesn't like the taste of apples. He wants uh, bananas. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have bananas, so you have to exchange apples with <laughs> bananas. First. But the guy wants fish, so like you have to go to the fish guy. With your apples, but then, uh, <laughs> to spoil the hard life. life. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. we went a bit uh, off topic, but yeah, <laughs> I I am actually honestly pretty critical about this whole uh, CSR things mm -hmm. because from my from my point of view, uh, CSR it's uh, a lot of good speech well, and the actually uh, CSR to be honest, um, corporate social responsibility. And what does it actually entail? Uh, would you like to give your definition? Uh... No, 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 no. What, what? Uh, I mean, I know what it is, but I just asked the question for the for the listeners. Mm -hmm. For the listeners, for for me to answer the listeners. To for what? me. To... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in general. Okay. Okay. So for the me, definition. corporate social responsibility is all these kind of uh, choices that a company is making in order to be more. Um, uh, good towards the people to take the people uh, into account as their core, they will say, and to um, give them a better lifestyle. Well, for back in the days, work in the industry was very hard. People were losing fingers. They were working a lot of time. They were having bad health conditions afterwards. Okay. And now we decided that in Europe we can afford to have better working conditions, and we more put the the bad health and all the industry basically to other countries. Yep, mm. I think that, yeah, for my understanding, that covers most of it as well. Mm. But uh, I have uh, this the one bad side of CSR for me is it becomes very f fluffy, f and uh, and a lot of company misuse this frame anyway, a uh, name or definition anyway. So sure. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm also also a little bit yeah not critical, but a little bit. I think, yeah, okay. yeah, like they always throw in those those names like uh, uh, the terms are like uh, sustainable and Caesar and uh, green. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, what we are talking about right here is greenwashing, right? Yeah. Exactly. Companies yeah. try to greenwash themselves to or to whitewash, how some call it. I would love saying bluewashing for social. I don't know, but uh, whatever. <laughs> that, that's the same thing as I've heard, like. Uh, on Friday, it was Black Friday, right? Yeah. Which is a huge problem, especially, for example, Patagonia um, uh, spearheaded this campaign, which was called Don't Buy This Jacket. I think it's very famous 
they had this campaign mm -hmm. in the New York Times um, mm -hmm. showing one of their jackets and in the in the uh, it said yeah don't buy this jacket basically to to kind of uh, to demand um, from readers not to buy and like an anti-consumerist point from an anti-consumerist point of view um, which is really interesting because it was like it was I think in 2011 mm -hmm. um, which is quite early and now this whole public focus on this bad view on consumption is very I think it gain some strength in society. And I think it's really, really cool. I feel the same that way. I'm curious, yeah, who right. was producing the jacket? Like the jacket they asked to boycott? Who was Patagonia. doing it? Patagonia. Patagonia itself. So they, they made a campaign against one of their own products? Exactly. That sounds like exactly. a good communication coup to me. Yeah, yeah. it is. And, but the the flip side of it is that this campaign actually caused that a lot of um, people bought the jacket. Of course. Right? So they made a lot of profit with this campaign. It's like but uh... on the other and then again, they, um, they gave this money to like 100% of the money they made with this campaign, they uh, invested it. I think in a in a plant they planted trees in South America somewhere. So they invested in a social project basically. Mm -hmm. So that's again a good a good thing. Yeah, right? we, yeah. I, you know, I, I, yeah, so probably I think Patagonia. I, I don't know much about this con uh, country or uh, company. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's also but, it's also a part of a country, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like South. Yeah. So you weren't so, wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but in the end of even if this company wants to exist, they have to make money. You know, so yeah. um, it's a very dubious. I mean, I, I, you can admire their, their statement and what they try to achieve to give a different voice what other companies is trying to do. Like, uh, you know, well, buy, don't buy this jacket. This you know, sounds for me more like an, telling to a child something not to do and it will do that thing, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take away your liberty and the only yeah. thing we want back is that liberty. Yeah, exactly. There are some psychologists that work on it and it's a well-known effect. I forgot the name of it. I can look it up for the next episode. But there is a uh, psychological effect. If you, you put like a few uh, toys and you put one behind a barrier, one that is hard to reach, people will want this one even more, like even kids. So we have this bias. So that's what your your campaign made me think of. Like, hey, you don't have the right to this product, and people will be like, oh, I don't have the right to, but guess what? I'm gonna buy it anyway, and hop, deal is made. But I have to add here that they added information and they, like, kind of a political statement on on consumption itself, and um, yeah, which is really interesting because I think what they try to do is not not campaigning their pro their product, but um, educate um, consumers. And I think that's, yeah, it's really interesting that a company, despite, I don't know, any, any drive to make profit, also see themselves as, as a political voice. 
And oh, it's been a long time. Companies see themselves as political voice. Maybe not for the good of people, but uh, especially in the US, I would say politics and uh, big companies are very much embedded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it the, this might be a bit of a hard question, what I'm going to ask, but uh, is this really the role of a company to educate the people? <laughs> like should education of the people come from a company? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why why shouldn't they give information <laughs> as long not? as it is? Yeah, why not? I mean, warum nicht? <laughs> warum nicht? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe is because it, their education it, could be orientated well, and biased. But that's also what advertisement does, right? It's it's already there, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's depends on what you how you define educate i mean uh brainwashing would maybe (laughs) (laughs) the advertisement but i mean education has always been a problem also in in history see that education is always um it depends on on the point of view at that time i mean if we i i come from germany if mm-hmm. I look up books from the uh, from the Second World War, you, you see kind of really racist voices there trying kind of categorizing people into races and so on. So, mm-hmm. and that's what at that time what was called education, right? And what yeah, okay. if yeah, you yeah, yeah. only yeah, define yeah. education as something that is right and and good, but of course it always depends on the point of view. Who is educating and what's their ideology? Here, I think the term fits quite well. Yes, yeah. but that, that's always uh, changing, no matter what. I mean, it's always uh, this the decade or decade before, maybe the sustainable stuff uh, like uh, environmental and uh, global warming is a very big topic. And before it was maybe something different, but influenced a lot in our education mm-hmm. as well. And so. I think this yeah. it's very fluid, I would say. Yeah. Mm. But and nowadays, think, yeah. we live in a, you know, we live in an era where we are uh, the most educated people that the planet has ever seen in terms of proportion. There have never been as many education around the world, as many students, as many uh, high degrees. And this has actually an effect. I know about it in France. I don't know so much about other countries, so I won't speak about it. But I wouldn't be surprised it happens as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, before in France, you had the elite. We have a lot of elites in France. It's a very uh, elitistic country. Uh, so mm-hmm. you had the elites that were taking care of the politics, the high, uh, the high positions in the companies. And when they say something, the plebeians, the people were like, well, that's very smart. He must be right. But nowadays, there is this thing that we criticize a lot of politics, our elites, because mm-hmm. it, feel they make, it feels like they make a lot of stupid decisions. And why is that so that we can realize that now? It's because they're not so much differ- there is not so much difference between elites and normal people nowadays, because we get educated, we have access to something that, is, that was before just reserved to the elite, yeah. that is education. So, yeah, I... Um. Uh, we have access to the World Wide Web, Oof. which makes it really easy to <laughs> kind of educate yourself, but also educate yourself into one direction. So, 
you yes, kind of live in this information bubble, right? Mm -hmm. All these algorithms which decide on which information you can read, it's really dangerous. I mean, if you if you go to onto YouTube and you will mm. get all these recommendations. It's, I know. I think yeah. I'm a big YouTube consumer. I think <laughs> they, yeah, they call it like uh, going in a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. because when you watch something, which, for example, you want to have just basic information about, I don't know, like uh, right wing or something, because you want to get a little bit knowledge about it, basic knowledge, but then you get already uh, someone, you have only to watch one video and then you get already recommended a similar video, but more extreme. Mm -hmm. And then it goes down in a rabbit hole of never same type of stories. Mm -hmm. It's not the diverse uh, stories from different perspectives. Yeah. No, that's that's not leading to uh, what these company leaders say, which but, they say that it will lead us to uh, more knowledge, more education, because we have an algorithm that will show us the most relevant thing. But what it really shows us is what will make us remain on the website. Yeah, yeah no, and, and this that's algorithm is not developed to, to, to see if the uh, information is, uh, like we say, uh, not credible, but uh, has good um, uh, proper information in it. It just mm -hmm. contains what you're interested to. You're not maybe not mm -hmm. the quality of the information. True. <laughs> no. And I, thought, I think also, like there's a huge input of information. So at one point you start thinking, okay, it's it's an overload of information. I can't I can't can't bear or I can't cope with that. So I don't inform myself at all. And I think that's what we see because then. You, you tend to minimize all the information you you, you read and mm -hmm. you get more extremist and you tend to listen to polarized opinions like these mm -hmm. one-sided opinions and I think that's a huge problem today like it's a reality if you look at Trump who's kind of really his input basically consists yeah. of I don't know which information <laughs> Fox News or something like that. <laughs> it's a huge problem. Really. He is kind of the, the quintessence of this uh, this side of the uh, mm. loud extreme that's using social media to make his voice heard. I, yeah, I think uh, uh, <laughs> I think he's not really fond of Patagonia. <laughs> no, I wonder. I don't think so. But it's still uh, a US-based company. Yes. So I think they are based in California, but California is again something Mm -hmm. different they have a different idea of <laughs> life you know okay you Let guys my people can go see surfing Elena's yeah. face right now but when she spoke about it she has a glitter in her eye uh, her eyes were shining so. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. i mean maybe like the country where i really want to go is patagonia it's it's amazing like, you got convinced by the book or by what mm -hmm. What by the book there? and then actually it doesn't tell a lot about about the, the, the this area they just tell the story how they invented the name because before it was called um shuina something like shuina mm -hmm. company i don't know mm. and then they uh, yeah they changed it into patagonia because they themselves went there a lot of times with their Basically, their company, it was a family. It was a group of, of friends who just loved climbing and went outside to Patagonia to climb. And then they started to uh, 
invent these really new um, pythons and hooks and everything you put into the stone to Clamps. make it climbable. Yes. Yeah, climbing gear, yeah. And what they also came, like the idea they invented was to to invent gear that wouldn't destroy the, the stone. And that was something really new. They wanted to make, yeah, I mean, their, their stone respect value is like to, to not harm the environment yeah. and to not harm the, the nature. That's what their main, main value is, basically. Yeah. Mm. But so they're also aware the... that every product, yeah. We are approaching the end of our podcast. Okay. Okay. Uh, we try always not to go <laughs> much over time. I would like just for myself to the last thing I would say is concluding on uh, on CSR because we mm. started a lot of subjects here, didn't yeah. dig up so, in so many of them. So I really feel like uh, we want you back on another episode. Maybe if we we <laughs> will speak a bit more about uh, algorithms and uh, rabbit holes in uh, in education, that would be very interesting. Um, but so about CSR, I. Uh, think that I am happier when in the world you have companies like Patagonia that allows mother and parents to have their children nearby and to eat lunch with them. I think it's better than uh, companies who just an industry and doesn't care, of course. I've been very critical, but uh, I think it's better. I just think that in the same way as greenwashing, uh, I will tell our listeners that you should be careful when people tell you that they are so focused on the people they are focused on what can still be profitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not a bad thing in itself, but don't, if someone tells you, no, 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 oh, we never look at, pro- at profit at all, this is a bit shady and this should be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should be uh, aware and uh, take yeah. care. Even for Fauci. Yeah, always stay critical, <laughs> always question. That's exactly, like, yeah. that's, really that's my, uh, my advice to young generations. <laughs> <laughs> And um, <laughs> Patagonia, it's funny we spoke about it today because uh, two days ago I watched a documentary they founded mm-hmm. first, uh, called Artificial. Same! Yeah? Cool. I watched it cool. And it yeah. was just amazing. <laughs> I, I, dropped a, I dropped a tear and it was the subject I worked with. So it was the, the fish stocks in, uh, in, the, in the north and uh, like salmon stocks. So it's something that touched me directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the documentary is very well done. I uh, recommend people to watch it. Artificial. It, uh, where where can we find it? YouTube, simply. Oh, okay, yeah. good. Well, it has been it released been... for free not so long ago. Okay. And uh, it's a Patagonia film, so you have the talk. Like, yeah, we are this kind of uh, corporate responsible companies. And you have the work, like financing work like this. I guess this was a good action. So that made me happier towards Patagonia. True. Okay, that's yeah. it for me. Yeah. Concluding, <laughs> so let's. I guess we have to wrap it up our talk. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, in the end, we maybe did not very much discuss the book itself, but I think we had a funny conversation. <laughs> 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 this is already how we kind of already uh, predicted, probably. <laughs> 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 but anyway, if I found it really uh, nice to have a, a chat. And to hear what you had been reading up on Patagonia and how what you're doing actually with the company Vaude, what I did not knew before. Mm-hmm. So I would we would like to thank you for coming by. Yes. Yeah. And okay. for and uh, I think we 
hopefully make soon a new episode. We had a little break in between for a few weeks. So I guess we'll be having a next uh, new episode, a regular one for only with Ilio and me. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully next week. So yeah. <laughs> I have, hopefully we'll hear you then next time again. <laughs> yeah, we want to have you one more time. Mm. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Hello. Yeah. Hello.